I have some buckets up here. And uh, did you notice? <laughs> and one of them has mud in it. And one has water in it. And I need a volunteer. No volunteers? What if I told you there's a reward involved? Anybody? Jonathan? Jonathan's coming. Come on, Jonathan. Just give him a hand. <laughs> you can step right over here. You guys are a bunch of chickens, too. I want you to know. Have you, have you ever seen the comedian Gallagher? And he gets stuff all over the audience. Well, we're not going to do that today. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what I want you to do is stick your hand. There's something in there. You've got to find it. And it's valuable, but you've got to dig to find it. Go ahead whenever you're ready. <laughs> oh, he's digging, he's digging. He found a rock. Guess what? That's not it. <laughs> There's something else in there. Oh, he's found it. Why don't you dip your hand in that water and wash all that nasty stuff off of you? What did you find, Jonathan? Cash. A bag with some money in it. That's right. That's right. What did it cost you to get that bag of money? You had to get messy. That's right. Let's give Jonathan a hand today. <laughs> Thank you so much for getting messy with me, Jonathan. There's $50 in that bag. You can enjoy lunch today on us. And to the rest of you, you had your chance. All you had to do was get a little muddy, and you could have had lunch bought for you today. But no, you didn't want to get muddy. <laughs> you are a mess, and so am I. Started my message last week with that, and I'm starting it with that again. You are a mess, and so am I, because people's lives are messy. What do I mean by that? I mean there is junk involved in our lives. There's drama, there's difficulties, there's challenges, there's falling down and getting back up and falling down all over again. There's bad thoughts, there's bad words, there's bad blood. There's a lot of bad things that happen in human lives, and in fact, if you look at a human from a distance, that's when they look the best. It's when you get close to them and you start to see their regular everyday lives, you realize that they're messy, that there is difficulties, challenges, ugliness involved in humanity. And it's not just in them, it's in you. For one of the greatest sillinesses that we do, one of the things that is just completely crazy is that we look at the difficulties of other people and we try to think less of them or put them down, forgetting that we ourselves are messy too. Come on, raise your hand if your life gets messy from time to time. People's lives are messy, and yet we've been called to help them. We've been called to help them. We are the body 
of Christ. Let me say that another way. We are the body of Jesus here on earth. We are the hands, the feet, the eyes, the mouth, the back of Jesus. The physical presence in the world that the Holy Spirit lives in and moves through is you and me. We are the body of Christ. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, so he sent the Holy Spirit to live in us and work through us to do what he would do if he were here today. Come on. Did you know the Holy Spirit lives in you to do through you what Jesus would do if he was living your life? So people have messy lives, and yet we are called to help them. Do you see the dilemma we have? People have messy lives, and we are called to help them. This causes a problem for us because we don't want to get messy. We don't want to get involved in other people's mess. We usually do two things. We don't help at all. We make excuses like, well, you know, it's not my business. Or we just ignore them. We just turn our heads. We don't pay any attention. We don't let our hearts get open. Or we make excuses as to why we can't help them. Either that or we try to help from a safe, clean place. How many of you know what I mean by that? Let me tell you some examples of a safe way to help people. We, we give them advice. You should blah, 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 blah. Has anybody ever gave you advice and it wasn't worth a nickel? You can give them instructions. Sometimes giving people money is just an easy way to not get involved in the mess. Keep your hands clean and not get involved in the mess of their lives. You can even give them the scriptures. Let me send you a little scripture to help you out. Or prayer can even be a way to help people without getting dirty. Are you hearing me today? We can say, I'll pray for you from a distance. And now, the scriptures are powerful. Prayer is powerful. But let's look at what Paul said, or what James said in, in James 2. He said, if a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and be filled, and yet do not give them what is necessary for their body, then what use is that? Can you imagine going out to the homeless people on the side of the road and they're hungry and they don't have enough clothes and it's cold and you say to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled. That'd be kind of silly, wouldn't it? It wouldn't help a bit. And yet that is what many of us are trying to do. We're trying as Christians to live lives where we're clean and we don't get involved in the mess and the dirt of other people. The problem is God has called us to help people. So if God has called us to be the body of Christ, he's called us to help people, he's called us to do ministry to others, how do we do that? Well, Jesus is our example. And I want us to look at how Jesus did it because if you're the body of Jesus, if you're the hands and the feet of Jesus, and the Spirit is going to use your physical life to go into your world and do his work, if that's how it is, then we've got to look at how Jesus did ministry because Jesus showed us how real ministry is done. Number one, he positioned himself beside us, not above us. Oh, Philippians 2, 5 through 8, have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let me just read that first line again to you. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. That means he knew he was equal with God. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man. Watch this. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. 
Jesus repositioned himself so he was not just above us, but he came to be with us, to be beside us. You want to know how ministry is done? It's not done from above somebody else. It's done beside them. Come on, somebody. Amen. If you think today that you've got to get your life together before you can help someone else, let me assure you that you do not. That being beside someone is often the greatest way you can help them. Jesus could have literally stayed in heaven and sent an angel to do uh, what he came to do. He could have sent an angel to give us instructions. He could have told the angel what to say and what to do and where to go. And he could have stayed in a safe, clean place where he didn't have to get the mud and the mess of humanity on his life. But he came and he sat down next to us. Hallelujah. He positioned himself beside us. Or he could have just stayed in heaven and... Uh, and, uh, or he could have came to earth and just remained in the temple like a lot of church folks do. He could have just stayed in the temple and stayed safe, uh, a safe distance from the other people. You know, Joe was telling me last week that he thought if Jesus was here today, he would not only be in the church, but he'd more likely be in the bars or, or in the dance clubs or any place that there was sin going on and problems and people with difficulties. It wouldn't be because he wanted to do the sin they committed. It would be because Jesus went where sinners were. Amen. He cared about them enough to go where they were. He could have very easily came here, got a, a, a high position in the church or in politics and positioned himself where he could just point the finger at people, tell them what to do, give them advice, say off with their heads when they didn't obey. He could have positioned himself in that manner, but no, he positioned himself by coming and sitting next to us. Oh, I'm so glad that we don't serve a God who is just above us, but he came and is living inside of us. Yes, he's with us, beside us, Jesus. Son of God and son of man, he positioned himself next to us. We're gonna have to learn that if we wanna help people, we're gonna have to position ourselves next to them, not above them, not that religious tone that says, well, I'm glad I'm not as bad as you are. I'm glad I don't do that stuff anymore. Oh, Jesus delivered me from that stuff. And that old kind of attitude that we get sometimes and we wanna make ourselves big, we need to let that go because there is no little sin or big sin and your little sin stinks just as much as the worst sin that you have seen, amen? Sin is sin in the eyes of God. We've got to be willing to get next to people and get next to them so close that they can touch us. That's what Jesus did. He came to earth and in the form of man and walked among sinners and regular people and he got close enough to touch them. Hebrews 4.15, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without Sin. I like the way the King James says it. He says, we don't serve a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. In other words, God is not so distant from us that he doesn't understand how we feel and that we can't relate to him and he to us. Do you understand what I'm saying today? He's close enough to us that we can touch him and that he can touch us. Hallelujah. The God of heaven came down here and got close enough to humanity that we could touch him. And touch him we did. He let the sinful woman cry on his feet and dry them with her hair in Luke 7. He got into the stinky fish boat with Peter, James, and John. Can you imagine how bad it smelled? He ate with sinners and was criticized for it in Matthew 9. He touched the leper in Matthew 8. He sat down with a Samaritan woman at the well, something that Jews just didn't do. 
He appeared to the murderer Saul on the road to Damascus to save him and turn him around. And he washed the feet of his disciples, including the one he knew would betray him, Judas. In all of these examples and many more, we see Jesus time and time again close enough to sinners that they could touch him, that they could get the stink of their reputation upon him, the stink of their failure upon him, the stink of their difficulties upon his life. He took a lot of heat and criticism because of this, but that's why he came. He said, I didn't come to call those who are righteous. If today you think you're righteous and you've got it all together and you don't need any help at all and you don't have any mud on your life, Jesus didn't come to call you because he knows you're not listening. But if you've got some mud, some junk in your life today, let me tell you something. Jesus came to call you sinners to repentance. People with difficulties and challenges, this is who he came for. In all of these examples, he got close enough to people to be affected by them. That's what we mean by be close enough, to get close enough to people that not only do you affect them, but they begin to affect you. Oh, now this is where we don't really like it sometimes. Because when you allow people to get close enough to affect you, you become vulnerable. And we don't like to be vulnerable. How many of you have been hurt by somebody before? And you don't want to open your, your heart again. You got, you got a gate around your life and you let people, it's like the temple has these different courts. You let them into the outer court where the Gentiles could come. And, and some people, you might let them into the inner court, but, but, but you don't let anybody into the holy of holies of your heart. You don't let anybody into the depths of your heart because you don't want to be vulnerable again because you might get hurt. But I'm here to tell you today, if you really want to make an impact in people's lives, if you really want to do ministry the way Jesus did ministry, you're going to have to open your heart. You're going to have to open your life up to them. Romans 5, 6 through 8, for while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his love for us in that while we were dirty, messy, messed up sinners, Christ died for us. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that if we would just believe in him, we could have eternal life. It doesn't say God loved the world, but he loved us from a distance. It says, no, God loved the world so much that he gave and that Jesus came to live among us. He opened his heart. Why did Jesus come to earth? Because he loved us. Why did Jesus get close to us? Because he loved us. Why did he get involved in the mess of humanity? Because he loved us. And let me tell you something, church. If the love of God lives in us, if the spirit of God lives in us and the love of God lives in us, then we must love people the way Jesus loved people. Hallelujah. Yes, we can look at the life of Jesus and what we see is not a God who ministered from afar, but a God who came down into the dirt and the mess of our lives and got close enough to us to make himself vulnerable. Oh, don't tell me Jesus wasn't hurt by Judas. I got a confession to make to you today. I couldn't wash the feet of my 12 closest friends. I love you, but I don't think I could wash your feet. Not without, you know, a <laughs> few of those. <laughs> but I for sure don't know I could wash the feet of someone who I knew was going to betray me to death. Why did Jesus wash Judas' feet? 
knowing the end, knowing how it would turn out. Because he loved him. Because he was willing to pour everything into him, to get his hands dirty and the stink of his feet upon him. He was willing to be vulnerable enough to let people hurt him. Oh, we're not ready for that conversation, are we, church? I don't want someone getting so close to me that they might hurt me. They might let me down. You know, when you get close enough to people and you become vulnerable with them and you love them, what can happen is that they can abandon you. And you help them get off of drugs and you go to rehab with them and you encourage them and you lift them up and you give them money out of your pocket and you get them help and you get a job and what do they do? They go right back to the drugs and they lose their job and and they hurt you or they steal from your home and over and over again you open your life up and they continue to hurt you and if you're not careful what will happen is you'll get a hard heart and you won't care anymore. Now I'm not telling you to let everybody move into your house. You pick who God wants you to minister to but there's going to come a time, an opportunity in your life where you can open yourself enough that you're going to be vulnerable because when you love you have to open up and if you open up you can be hurt that's why a lot of Christians don't want to love today because they don't want to get hurt they don't want to lose some of their time some of their energy some of their money oh I'm so glad God looked at me and he was willing to sacrifice his time his energy his money anything he had for me Knowing that I would hurt him, knowing that I would let him down, knowing that I would not be perfect, knowing that I would make mistakes, yet he loved me. He loved Judas, even though Judas would betray him. Yes, in the life of Jesus, we see how real ministry is done. It's not done from the four walls of the church alone. It's done in your daily life, in the mess of somebody else's life at work, or somebody in your family whose life has fallen apart, and they need your help. They need you to get your hands dirty like Jonathan did. They need you to get your hands dirty, get your hands involved in their lives, and help them. Hallelujah. In the life of Jesus, we see how ministry is done. We see it in the life of Jesus and we see it in the death of Jesus. For on the cross, the mess of the entire world was placed upon Jesus. Did you catch that today? He could have shouted orders from above, but he came down. And you know what he did? He not only got involved in your mess, he took your mess upon himself. Every sin, every failure, every mistake that you would ever make, he took it upon himself on the cross. The picture of the cross is not a picture of a pretty, perfect situation. It is the picture of a messy, nasty, disgusting, sinful humanity being placed upon the shoulders of the perfect one. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm so glad for the cross of Jesus Christ where all of my sins have been taken care of, where the mess has been taken care of. Glory be to God. You may think as a Christian that the cleaner your life looks, the more you will look like Jesus. But I came to tell you today that's not true. The messier your your life looks, the more you will look like Jesus. You will never look more like Jesus than you do when you've gotten down on your knees in the mess of someone else's life and you've gotten their money problems on your hands and you've got their marriage problems on your hands 
And you got their physical problems on your hand and you drive them to work and you drive them to the doctor and you spend your own gas money and your own time and there's things you'd like to be doing but you got the mess of their lives. Why? Because you love them. Because you care. Because the same spirit that moved Jesus to help the world is the same spirit that's moving you to help the world. And you realize there are some times that you just got to get your hands dirty. That you can't help people with just a prayer. You can't help people with just a scripture. You can't help people with just a church service, but you've got to get involved in their lives. You're going to have to get your hands dirty if you want to be effective like Jesus was. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. So church today, I want to ask you, are you ready to get messy? Are you ready to get messy? Are you ready to let God use you in a way that's going to get some of the dirt of the world upon your life? Are you ready to get messy? Oh, it's going to cost you something. It's going to take your time and your effort. You're going to be criticized for it. There's been times in my life where I've been criticized for being close to sinners. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Situations. You go to a family event. You got family people and you're all at a restaurant and someone's drinking beer there at the table and they take a picture and they put it online and all of a sudden the preacher's at a place with people drinking beer. Oh my God. Yes. Because I love my family, I love my friends, and if they want to drink a beer, I'm not going to not meet with them because they drank a beer. And if you have a problem with that, then too bad for you. I don't care. I always feel this way. They criticize Jesus for being with sinners. So I'm standing where Jesus stood, amen? You're standing with the Pharisees when you criticize people who do that. Oh, yeah, someone put a, a little meme on the wall of my Facebook, and it had a little cuss word in it. It was a good thought, had one cuss word in it. And people just, I can't believe you let them do that, Pastor. I can't believe you shared that or you showed that or blah, blah, blah. You know what? I'm not concerned about a four-letter word. L listen, I'm not concerned about stuff like that. In fact, Christians who gossip and judge others use their mouths for way worse things than four-letter words. Come on. But they're going to criticize you. They're going to point the finger at you. They're going to say, oh, them, them people at that church, they'll let anybody do anything. Can I tell you something? Jesus used harlots and, and, and tax collectors and sinners and people who cheated and lied and didn't do what they were supposed to do. Jesus used people who had a mess and did amazing things with their messy life. Can I tell you something? Oh, take my mess, Jesus, and do something good with it. Hallelujah. And you know, when we love people and we get involved in their mess, we can actually make an impact we can do some amazing things. We can do some amazing things and help them in a way, but you're going to have to get messy, make some sacrifices, take the criticism, and you're going to have to open your heart enough that you might actually get hurt. There are some people, how many of you know what I'm talking about, some people that you got dirty and you tried to help them and it just didn't work and they just went their own way and they're still in that place today. And you did everything. You got your hands in there and you kept digging and you kept digging and you've dug until you can't dig anymore and there's nothing left to do but turn them over to the Lord and pray for them and that's what you're doing there. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Can I tell you something? You did the right thing. It's not your job. It's not your job to do the results. It's just be faithful. Let God be responsible for the results. That's between them and the Lord. You just get your hands dirty when God tells you to and when he tells you to pull your hands out and step away, you just step away. Come on. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for all the people that are here today. Good Christians who love people, who don't have hearts of judgment, who don't view their faith as 
somehow making us better than the world around us. I thank you, God, that you have called us to be the salt and light of the world, to be the body of Jesus in our world, God. And I pray that you would challenge us today with this message that we would be willing and able when you call us, when it's your time, that we would get our hands dirty, that we would not be afraid of the mud and the mess, but we would be willing, even though we might get hurt, we would be willing to open our hearts and our lives to those who are in need, Jesus, because we want to show the world what it looks like to be like Jesus. But we know today, God, that we will never be more like Jesus than when we are in the mess with other people. That's where you were, Jesus. That's where you lived, God. We love you for that because we were down there in the mud and the mess. Oh, and can we confess, God, sometimes we're still down there in the mud and the mess. Sometimes we're still there, God, and you're still right there picking us up, cleaning us off, straightening us out, doing wonderful things in our life. Thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you for that, Lord.